1: Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
2: This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's Tuesday, 28th January, 2020 jams. They're an improv institution. A jam is an event where anyone can put their name in the hat in order to play an improv scene in front of an audience. And jam nights are every bit as popular as they used to be, with new ones popping up all over the world. As improv grows, so do jam nights. It's as if an improv jam is part of the fabric of the art form. Why is that? And what makes a good jam night? I jumped on a train to Leicester in the UK, where a new night... The Tiny Jam has recently started up, run by Leicester group Tiny Stories.
3: After Leicester, our next stop will be Monty Harbour, just coming into Leicester now.
0: I'm Adam. I'm part of the same faces. One of the founders of Tiny Stories and help run the Tiny Jam. Now, why do we need jams in improv? We need jams in improv because, well, taking our case in Tiny Stories, for six months we existed without a home. So we we are based in Leicester. We got people all over the place, performances all over the place. So we spent six months on tour, going from jam to jam. So Leeds, Nottingham, Sheffield, down to Cambridge, and ended up in London in a jam as well. And on the performer side of things, it is wonderful to get to play in all different locations and different audiences. You get to play with other improv groups and watch so many other improv groups. But as a, a community or as someone watching it, it's great to get other groups in. So in Leicester, we have uh, a few like groups that are in Leicester, but it's, we very, very rarely, apart from for, like festivals and the odd thing here and there, get other groups to come in so it was great in the week to see to watch people who've never seen like okay stop before who came to our last jam they tore the house down because there's nothing like that in the east midlands the way they perform and it's good to get as much different types and styles of improv as possible interacting
2: Now, there are other art forms that also talk about community, certainly, and that have similar type of things, but it seems to be one of those things
0: that is stressed more in improv than other art forms. What do you think causes that? Unlike anything else I've ever done, so whether it be acting or... I did stand-up for a brief bit, that was fun. Um, Unlike anything like that, I've never felt that love from the audience and the performers wanting you to succeed. No one watches you at improv and goes, oh, I hope they messed this scene up, that'll be fun. Because it's not, it's not enjoyable to watch. But everyone wants you to do your best, whether it's, you're on the same bill as another group and you've gone on there and you're like, God, I want to see you do your best possible show. And you compare that to stand-up where you can get some vindictive voices who are like, I'm on before, I'm on after hear my Hopi bombs so that I'll look better. And in theatre you get it sometimes where um, everyone's sort of fighting for a very limited pool and limited space of funding. Whereas improv, because it's so much more laissez-faire and we kind of do things like thrown back because we love it, it feels more wholesome and everyone just wants it to be good.
2: Monica Ozdarska is an improviser in Warsaw and has been running a monthly jam there for nearly two years. She has a theory on why jams are so crucial to improv.
3: Uh, I think that this is pretty a uh, human thing because uh, since uh, civilization started, and I, I am archaeologist, so I went through the ages uh, of... Uh, uh, history of human beings <laughs> uh, we we used to improvise uh, we used to make uh make up stories at the fire we used to dance uh we used to play music and we didn't have recorders in old times so I think everything what was improvised in old times was a great social event uh and playfulness and bringing some kind of joy you know there were no cinemas um no radio stations and no theaters and people had to spend their time together and i think improv is a part of it uh, of yeah telling stories um exchanging um playfulness um being together uh doing Stuff together, not only as children as we play, but um, doing adult stuff, but in funny way, uh, growing together. Um, yeah, exchange. I think social things. So I guess, um, yeah, I was thinking, which arts are um, close to improv, and uh, it's still dance, uh, and still it's still playing music. Uh, yeah and improvising and just music of course because uh it was pretty free and i think that there is another thing uh we don't have a script for that so in 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 that case everyone can join uh and and we can improvise uh without script so it's really also inclusive uh
2: Over on the other side of the world from Monica, in Wellington, New Zealand, Allie Little helps run two jams, one for team members of the Wellington Improvisation Troupe, and the other is open to players from other teams from around the city as well. So why does she think jams are so much a part of improv?
4: I think it's the opportunity for people who are quite new to improv to mix together on completely equal terms with people who've been doing improv for years. And of course, the obvious challenge for experienced improviser is to make those newer improvisers feel absolutely wonderful about what they're doing and full of confidence and joy.
2: And what about the community aspect? I mean, improv being a new art form, uh, do you think there is kind of a community building aspect to it as well?
4: Oh, a- absolutely. And that's uh, particularly in, in Wellington, which has been spawning new improv troops at a surprisingly fast rate in the last couple of years. And there's a few sort of unifying events. Um, one, we have a big improv festival that always includes a couple of jams. Uh, and also just in, in general, we, we kind of need to support and help each other in our you know strange and peculiar hobby.
2: <laughs> so for you, what makes a good jam night? Um,
4: gently structured, so kind of starting with some kind of mass warm up, and then playing some games that absolutely everyone can join in on. So some big group games, um, adding some elements of random chance to it. Like uh, we often get people to write their favourite games on a you know piece of paper and pull them out of a hat, uh, and okay. sometimes we'll throw in challenges to people. Just again, just to. Give that sort of unexpected twist to what's going on, uh, and then maybe by the end of the evening, um, there might be stuff that maybe some more open scenes that some of the more experienced people can feel like they're really strutting their stuff on stage. So yeah, a, mi- a mix of stuff.
2: And what's what's the stuff that gets people coming back again and again? Do you think? Uh, I th-
4: I think it's a. A mix of just the chance to play is is a draw card for some people, or even just the thought that even if they don't get up and play this time, they're totally ready to get up and play next time, maybe if they feel up to it. Uh, and um, I don't know there's just something joyful about improv that it, it's not it's not high pressure improv, there's no prize at the end of it. You're just there to to play with other people.
2: And you say that um, uh, there has been like a, quite a, an explosion of improv in Wellington. I mean, mm-hmm. for, I was I suppose, for, for those of us in, say, the UK or the US, I would say Wellington is a relatively small city of what about 400,000 people, something like that. Um, yeah, they've got sort of a couple of satellite cities, but uh-huh.
4: yeah, basically about that.
2: So um, uh, would you say the jams have had like in a relatively like, ju- like, Globally wide, I suppose it's a smaller city. Would you say having jams has helped spring up other teams in in, in Wellington?
4: Uh, It's more the other way around. The the other teams have um, sort of peeled off the existing groups to do specific areas. Like we've got a couple of um, Chicago style improv troops that have formed, for example. Uh Uh, And so we're not necessarily all playing together anymore the way we used to. So a jam, it's more bringing us back together again.
2: Ah, so it's a unifying factor within the scene.
4: Um, a, a little bit. I mean, it's not, we haven't done a lot of those jams yet this year. We, we sort of lost our, uh, we had an improv theatre space for one glorious year uh, and then that had to close for problems with the building. Uh, so it got a bit harder last year to, to have those jams. But when we do have them,
2: yeah, it's a, it's a bringing people together thing. Back to Adam in Leicester. What does he think makes a good jam night?
0: I think first you need, you need an audience who are willing to accept what a jam is. So the way, the way at least we do it is we have, two, we have a house team on, a guest in, and then we spend about two thirds of the third of the night, uh, getting the audience up to play silly games and short form games, want for to do scenes they can do. And so they are, if they want, experiencing improv in a safe environment where we've got performers who are there kind of holding their hands through the games and guiding them through scenes. And if you've always wanted to get on stage and you kind of feel like a frustrated performer who's never really had the chance, it is such a fun way of this wonderful safe space where you can just be silly. And you know at the end of the day, everyone's going to clap you off, everyone's clapped you on. You're going to get a laugh regardless of what you do because it's so much fun when people are confused. (laughs) And that's what I love about jams is that there is no... When the audience gets up there's no judgement, there's no second thoughts, everyone wants them to succeed. And we need that sense of a community and getting all these different improv groups together but also getting non-improvisers to feel the love and feel that they're part of that community.
2: In Warsaw, Monica has some priorities for a good jam.
3: I would start with a safe uh, environment for players, that they feel safe, that um, nothing bad is happening. So a little introduction is always uh, good to make, that uh, people know how to behave, that they uh, treat each other uh, properly. Uh, I think um, from my experience, uh, it's quite important that people have possibility to go on stage because uh I've been to gems where it's such a crowd and so many uh players are hot to play that they usually take part uh in most of the games and then there are some people who are a little bit more shy and they have a a, a little bit more problem to get to the uh, to get on stage so um yeah then uh, I think that organizers should think of uh, of uh, everyone and try to include everyone as much as possible, of course.
2: It sounds like inclusivity is a really big part of your jam philosophy.
3: Yeah. um, We try to uh, pick up the names. So I think that makes this pretty even that people, you know, they know uh, uh, that they will be chosen and then they, uh, that will be surprised which game they play, but also that there is a kind of kind of cue so that not everyone is jumping at the same time. So once we pick up every name uh, from the, the hat, then we put them back and then we choose uh, again and we try to make that everyone plays minimum two three times during the gym. Uh, of course if it's possible because um, sometimes it's too many people, but usually it works.
2: The random nature of a jam night can lead to some interesting memories.
3: Ooh, it, it, um,
4: I think the most fun thing I've seen in a jam was one we had just before Christmas, when, as the cruel random challenges, I just bought a bag of props, and I handed over a policeman's helmet and a police and a policeman puppet, uh, and two people took to the stage and just did this deliciously bizarre puppet um, helping a member of the public. It was, it was uh, yeah. hard to explain, but it was delightful.
3: I think uh, one of my favorite moments are when, uh, when there is a scene happening on the stage, and usually gems are full of improvisers, and then uh, when audience members, they react to what's happening, and in the end, the whole uh, venue... Is a one improvised scene, so audience is also a character in the scene or making a sound or um yeah just being a part of what's happening on the stage so I like these moments when something happens on the stage and then uh it has a um mm, how to say um <laughs> lack of words uh, uh
0: influence to the audience
2: adam seen one. Pretty peculiar moment.
0: I saw the committee at a jam in Leicester. They came up for a a night the same faces used to do called Different Voices, and they did. I think there was three of them, and they just did a montage about forty minutes. And watching one of them, uh, I think had an autopsy on Chris Akabusi, (laughs) and but so. They, they did it right at the beginning and then right at the end they finished and the whole scene had, the whole night had just occurred inside Chris Akabusi. We should explain who Chris Akabusi is for an international audience. <laughs> so he's a, like a 90s British sprinter who now appears in very weak betting ads. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's always in a commercial for people placing money on sporting events. It's not, I'm guessing, sports. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine there's a particularly set-up ring for betting on other things that aren't sport. Um, but yeah, it was it was just wonderfully fun to watch because it was something we'd never... I'd never seen a montage group that quick and that, uh, with such a good retention on what they'd already said. And it completely blew my mind of, of how montage could be done.
2: Next time on the Improv Chronicle Podcast. You've fallen in love hard with improv. How do you know when you're taking one class too many, burning out on stage, or editing one too many podcasts? Okay, that's not a thing. You'll get perspectives on where you could be placing boundaries around the art form you love. The Improv Chronicle Podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app by going to ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle. If you have an idea for a possible episode, go to improvchronicle.com.